Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. lovely, beautiful people out there listening to my voice right now. Welcome to another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz. I'm so happy that you're here. Today is Wednesday, March the 3rd. We are in March. How are we in March? (laughs) It's always blasts my mind when I like just, it's hard for me to conceive how fast time moves. As I get older, things just seem to fly by. I'm sure many of you can relate to me. I hope so anyways. (laughs) Anyhow, today I have a beautiful show. It is filled with stress, (laughs) getting over stress, getting over burnout, imposter syndrome, how you, your needs shift the more you move through life, how to recharge, how to work smart, how to self-regulate and give yourself permission to change your mind. It is a beautiful show and we're going to get into that in a moment. But I actually wanted to read you a post from my one of my faves, Mark Groves on Instagram. I know I talk about him a lot. He's a massive teacher in my life. And he made a post actually I think it was yesterday or the day before that was so profound that I wanted to share with everyone here. And this is what he, what he wrote. He said, everything you want is on the other side of letting go. You don't hold on because you like to hurt. You hold on because you need certainty because the pain is familiar, but on the other side of that story that haunts you are your dreams on the other side of the walls you've built is the love you so desperately crave, yet fear. It's time, time to get the life you dreamt of. It's time to rise, no more playing small, it's time. And I wanted to share that with you today. Like, I don't know if you just got goosebumps because I certainly did. That is so amazing. You don't hold on because you like to hurt. You hold on because you need certainty. How incredibly powerful is that? If you have goosebumps just like me, like I've read this four times and I today and I, I I get this overwhelmed, like, yes, I do need certainty. I need certainty. So I continue down those those unwanted paths because I know what the outcome is going to be. I know how I'm going to feel about myself. I know what other people are going to say about me. And changing that or shifting that is far too scary. The certainty is just way more comfortable, even though it brings me discomfort and pain and sorrow and a negative self-worth and negative body talk or whatever that translates in for for um, the, the experience that you're in. And before we get started into this podcast, I I wanted to just give an offering I want to give an offering. I talk a lot about body love, about um, loving yourself, about awareness, about learning to see your worth and and truly honor that worth. And I, I realize that that is a very difficult thing because 
we need to let go of the way we currently see ourselves. And in the letting go also comes uncertainty. And the way we've been conditioned in our lives to think and believe and behave is, is, is very certain. We've repeated that pattern over and over again for a long time, even though we may not have chosen to learn it that way. It, it was chosen for us through our domestication, through our parents and through our schooling and the media that we were exposed to in our formative years. We didn't necessarily choose that. We still are loyal to those beliefs. And today I wanted to offer the Bare Naked Goddess ebook and what it really, normally I charge that, I charge for this. I charge for this book and I'm, I'm going to give it away because I know that there are a lot of people out there that are just at that tipping point, like they, they love themselves or say they love themselves, but they still fall back into these cycles of shame. They, their bad days are very bad. They put themselves in the position to, to be in a bad day. When things are going really well in your life and you feel really good, you sabotage that by, I don't know, behaving in, in unhealthy ways. Maybe you decide to drink. I get the urge. Sometimes when I have the best days ever, all I want to do is drink and party. (laughs) And that just puts me right back down. I know this about myself, so I have to check in and create some space. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote this ebook. It really is my, my top five simple strategies to build confidence and body love. And how that works is how the book is structured really is to take your power back and to give you certainty is to give you skills that we didn't learn growing up to to really love your body it's and give yourself respect and become a priority in your life i am a firm believer in dropping the body drama drop the body drama drop the drama around you that you're pulling into your life by by committing to the same habits and routines that get you into a negative place i am so down to drop that body drama and begin i don't know i i like to call it a personal freedom journey to be honest like you you are on your own journey if you want to be free there is some uncertainty that comes with freedom because most of us haven't really actually felt what true freedom really means because we we are boxed up in our beliefs and our thoughts and our behaviors and our habits and the things that we do and our reactions we don't give ourselves that space to just sit with who we are and learn who we are and learn skills to accept who we are and forgive what has happened in the past and let go so I really hope that you take this opportunity to download the bare naked lady, excuse me, download the bare naked goddess, bare naked ladies. <laughs> That's a band and a good band. No, 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 no. It's the bare naked goddess ebook. I'm going to put the link in my, in the show notes. You can also go to www.elisaunfiltered.com. It's under the free stuff tabs. Please grab your copy of the book. It will not be free forever. I really want to give this gift to you so that you can start to really pay attention to your life, get back into that place of certainty where you know that you matter and you know and you practice loving behaviors that get you into a positive vibrational upswing in your life. 
Okay, so like I said, I have a great show and I kind of listed some of the things that we were talking about, which we cover in a beautiful and very understandable way. So relatable. My guest today is Mallory Rowan. Mallory is a woman, a powerhouse woman who built a global six-figure business that almost killed her. And through the teachings, through the learnings of having all this success and this money and still not being happy, she now takes her expertise and she helps others build without burnout for themselves. So we are deep diving into all things business, into, like I said, recharging, giving yourself permission to change, really learning what burnout feels like in your body, how to slow down amongst so many other topics here. So let's get into this. Are you guys ready? All right, here's Mallory Rowan. Let's do this. I have Mallory Rowan. We are looking at each other on Skype today. Welcome to the show, Mallory. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. I am too. I mean, I've known you for like, I don't know. I think I actually met you. When did we meet? Like two or three years ago? Yeah, I think like three years ago. It was that football Yes. Thing. Yes. Remember? Yes, I do remember. Yeah, it was like super random, and I feel like yeah, we've like crossed paths like a thousand different ways since then. You know, it's actually true. It's kind of weird how Ottawa is such a small world. Like we, yeah. yeah, we were working on a campaign with a um, CFL football player, and uh, I didn't really. I actually kind of bailed on that. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this in public, but like I actually volunteered and then kind of reneged because it was kind of unorganized in my opinion. And I don't know. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually sticking my foot in my mouth right now, but it was good to meet you then. And so stoked uh, you're here because you, you have one of the most fascinating and relatable stories that so many people are experiencing especially entrepreneurs during uh, COVID times, pandemic times. And I would really love for you to share your story. Why don't we begin with that? Why don't we begin with how you became an entrepreneur and sort of what happened in that first endeavor? Sure. Okay. Let's recap five years of my life real fast. Yeah, real fast (laughs) and go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... I was like, I had transitioned from, I mean, I started, okay, first I started working really early. Like I worked all through university in an office setting because I really wanted to get my hands like in the mix, see what I like doing. I yeah. knew that I like loved uh, marketing, but I was in journalism and I was debating picking up a minor in business. Yeah. And so I was like working in the field right from the start. But that also meant I quickly realized like I was not into cubicle life. I actually had like a full-on um panic attack when they asked me to say like a second year it's like one of the most embarrassing things because it's very like first world problems but they were yeah. like do you want to stay for another year and I like went in the staircase and like cried and called my mom and was like panicking right because oh my god like, they're offering me more and she's like isn't that good and I'm like I don't want to be here okay. um so it was like a really big realization and I ended up taking an unpaid internship at a startup at an invest Ottawa um instead that summer okay um which was obviously like risky I wasn't making money and I had a different part-time job uh still in corporate life to pay me at the same time but I really knew like it just didn't jive with what I wanted so I worked in the startup scene for quite a few years going through school 
And then it wasn't until fourth year university when I had to um, build a business essentially for one of my entrepreneurship classes. And the year before we had done the same thing in a group project, but it was one of those things where you like spend all this time on some stupid idea. It was like a toothbrush with like floss in it. Like sure. Yeah. 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 So the next year I was like, okay, I want to like build something that I actually would be interested in pursuing. And they were really great on encouraging that as well. Um, and so that's when my partner and I started, uh, LVD fitness, which was a powerlifting lifestyle brand. And part of that was just, we had so many ideas of how to support the powerlifting community, but we were two broke students. So we were like, well, we can start with a lifestyle brand that everyone connects to first. And then later we could always explore all these other ideas that took a lot more money than, you know, starting a t-shirt company. Um, and that's kind of how I launched into it. So I was still in the startup world um, when I started that. And then I ended up actually taking a corporate job again. It was one of those like, hey, this is going to pay the bills pretty nicely while I built my own thing. And um, it definitely was a bit of a like toxic work environment. I was leaving the startup world as a lot of people are familiar with. So yeah, I went back to corporate, but to build my own thing. And then that's, I think, when things started really falling apart because I was working full-time, competing in powerlifting at a national level, which required a lot of hours in the gym and like mm-hmm. a lot of work on the body. I was traveling all the time to go to powerlifting events to promote the business, and every spare moment was like packing orders, designing the next collection. And so my body just really started falling apart from that. I definitely didn't listen to it while it was escalating. And then it got to the point where like everything just kind of had to come to a halt. And my body basically just very quickly fell apart. So I think I was 24 at the time. So pretty early to have like such severe burnout, but it, it kind of looked like everything. It was like pneumonia that wouldn't go away, rashes that I would have all these like specialist appointments and no one could give me answers. I was getting blood work. I wasn't getting answers. I was exhausted. I was bloating. I was losing my hair, like, like everything. Mm-hmm. And so I reevaluate how I was approaching my business and everything in my personal life. <laughs> That's kind of like wow. when I started to really shift things. No kidding. So I want to kind of go back to that time because this is, this is something burnout is, it looks different on everyone. The symptoms are different. It's a, can be a combination of stress, anxiety, depression, physical, mental, emotional exhaustion, whatever that looks like for you. But it's interesting when you have a business and you ha- or you're you're part of a, a team or you're in your family dynamics or whatever it is where burnout is being experienced, it's really hard in that moment to be able to acknowledge or even realize holy shit, I'm doing too much or I'm burning out or this I can't do this any longer because there's so much expectation and there's so many conditions put on us to be the best and to be perfect. And so Uh in, in that moment, do you, did you have sort of an awakening or a moment where you kind of were like, that's enough or I'm done or was it, how did that look for you? Yeah, I think definitely that's what my body said for me. Right. I think it really took my body being like, no, 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 no. Like we're going to start falling apart so that you have to say that's enough. Yeah. Um, I think too, like 
things are getting better now, but there's a there was a lot of like glorifying hustle culture. We still see it a lot, especially in the like boss babe type of community of like working twenty four seven and going after your dreams and you know like absolutely the day right absolutely. Um, yeah, so it, it becomes like a badge of honor, right? Like, how many hours did you sleep last night, right? How many energy drinks have you had today? And and getting away from that, I think, is hard because you kind of are sold, especially as a young entrepreneur, as like, if you want it, you better work for it 24-7. Mm-hmm. And um, working for it means like being on, right? staying up on your computer late into the night and not recognizing like that the work can also be sleeping, right? Like sleeping is part of the work because sleeping is going to make your brain better the next day. Right. But we're, we're not really shown that we're shown like nonstop meetings, right. Calendar full, all the stuff we see on social media. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I actually just saw a woman speaking on social media yesterday about how, much she puts how much time she puts into her business and I was thinking to myself like I couldn't I I personally have gone through my development or my growth in terms of like my boundaries around what I do and yeah I have late nights sometimes but I just it's really interesting like you said a glorified hustle or that badge of honor because people come on and they speak about these things as though they are I don't know better (laughs) than others for some reason or that they are successful they want it more right they want it more yeah and it kind of makes you feel a little bit like like a little small and in and like oh well if she's doing that maybe I should do that and makes you question your approach yada 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 oh my gosh okay so you have this crazy burnout your body is self-destructing then what happened so Luckily, it was, like, doctor's orders to calm the fuck down with pneumonia, right? So it was, like, stop going on trips, stop, like, lifting for now. And I was a few weeks out from powerlifting provincials at the time. Okay. So it was kind of, like, the perfect moment because it was this huge relief for me that I now had, like, a reason to not do provincials because it's hard, you know, right, as an Uh, athlete, too, when your body is not 100%, and then you have this pressure on top of, like, a business that's connected to it, and everything with social media, you know, you have so many people, like, rooting for you, Mm -hmm. and just knowing, like, my body is not at the place it needs to be to, like, lift the weights, right? It was coming down to, like, me failing, like, my warm-up lifts, right, when I was training, and I was, like, crying in the gym I remember being in Halifax training in the Acadia dungeon um and just literally burst into tears because my warm-ups weren't moving and then my brain goes to like okay so competition is not going to go well if competition is not going to go well like I'm going to let all these people down and it wasn't like how come my body can't move right you know right 45 pound plate it was like shit my body can't move that what does that mean for everything else and I think that was like a really really tough point for me but I was lucky to have a really great team. So we had um, some events coming up. They stepped in and I stayed home. And I started really having to do my own research, to be honest, like diving in. Because uh, for me, at least in my experience, every time I went to the doctor, it was like, oh, these things aren't connected, right? I'd yeah. be like, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And we would do separate tests for everything and nothing would come back. And it was just like, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not, right? So for me, it was really diving into um, finding other like people I could talk to, looking at different things in health, like looking at what I could actually change about my lifestyle and realizing what pieces really needed to change, like the sleep 
or the nutrition habits or how much I was pushing my body. And again, like that's something we pride ourselves on, right? It's like pushing through things, but I really in that moment didn't need to be like pushing through and going to Cairo and physio. I needed to just stop doing all the lifting. And, and so how did that stop or how did that change or pivot or change of direction how did that feel in your body? Like, did you feel a sense of loss? Like, did you feel like you lost a bit of your identity slowing down to that degree? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think as athletes and as business owners, like we fall into that trap of our identity is that thing, right? Yeah. It's the sport that we compete in mm-hmm. or it's the business that we run. And for me, it was both of those things and those things were combined. So it was really hard. And even though it's like you create that narrative, right? Of even like, oh, well, all these people follow us and, and, you know, fuck with our business because we're powerlifters too. So what does it mean if I'm not competing or like, do I need to say that I'm competing soon? Right. And like provincials, not doing provincials gave me the out to not do nationals, which bought me time. But it's like every competition I was at, the question's like, oh, when are you going to compete next? Right. Cause they yeah. want to see you on the platform. And so I think that was really, really tough. Um, but definitely identity was really like, I feel like it kind of threw all that out the window and, you know, blessing in disguise because it really pushed me to say, okay, but who are you and who are the people that care about you for you? Right. And who do you actually want to be at the end of the day? Um, whether that has a business, whether that has a sport attached to it or not. So on a performance note, just with my background, I'm athlete to athlete, really, really curious to know. Yeah. When, during that burnout, did you start to resent powerlifting or did it, was it always holding like a special place in your heart? I mean, for me, when I went through my athletic explosion, I hated skiing and it took me, I want to say six, seven years to follow back in love with it. Cause I was so dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. And it, it's like the mix and cycle of both, right? You resent it and then you get sad that you're kind of resenting it. Yeah. And then you resent that, right? So it was it was really tough. I I definitely did. I found and also just being consumed by anything, right? Like yeah. even when I was at the events, like all that powerlifters wanted to do is talk to you about powerlifting, right? Because they're in it, they're competing. Yeah. And you're like, this thing has like burned me, but I have to be talking about it nonstop, right? So it was really tough. I think it was really frustrating because I would get frustrated it's like, you know, when you get a taste of success, it's like, I know how my lifts can be. And so it was really frustrating to mm-hmm. be experiencing that. And I think that almost created that block of instead of realizing like, Hey, your body needs some support. I was just definitely like, uh, resentful of my body too. Right. Like why is my body not reacting well to this? I think too, having, I always joke like my partner Josh is like Superman. I don't mm-hmm. know what's Filipino jeans or what, but like we could drive <laughs> eight hours and he would like hit, uh, the best squat he's ever hit. Mm-hmm. And I would like be in the passenger seat and I would like not be able to hit my warmups because my body was just like, no. <laughs> so that was really hard, right? I'm yeah. like, why is my body doing this to me instead of thinking about what I was doing to my body? Whew. And I, I, I feel though as though just having that resentment for something that you love and then you said that you started to, how did you phrase it? You were resenting it, but then feeling sad and then resenting that. And I think that yeah. that's really common with people when they're starting to burn out. Like they love doing certain fitness things or they love to cook or to, I don't know, paint. And then it's always right. those things that we love that we abandon first and start to re- resent 
because that's almost like the overwhelm, like, like that's just the way overwhelm works. I should rephrase. I just find it interesting. I bet you a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, I think in business too, we see it, right? Like when people, especially mm-hmm. when people have a side hustle, it's like that's the thing that gets the most excited, but it's also creating their exhaustion. So they'll like have that cycle of being like really excited about it, but then it's kind of letting them down because it's not doing as well as it could be because you're not putting the energy that you, like you don't really have energy to put into it. Yes. And then you become resentful because it's not doing well. And then you try to like trick yourself into a high because you're like, but it's the thing that I love. So let oh, me yeah. throw some hours into it, right? I think it's definitely like super common. And I do think it's hard. It's like for a lot of us, those things are like the safe space and the release. And then all of a sudden the release is no longer there. It's just becoming a source of frustration instead. I'm really glad you said trick yourself into when you trick yourself into doing something. That is such a calming coping strategy instead of really like sitting. Did you, did you have to grieve the loss of that experience you had, how did you heal and overcome that? Let's move on to like how you sort of pivoted or started re were reborn, however you want to call it. (laughs) Yeah. I think really like being able to like shift or let go of expectations that you had around it. Right. So I tried to, you know, for a while I was just lifting, um, with no goal and that was really satisfying just going to the gym and like picking up dumbbells and doing whatever I wanted Mm -hmm. and that was like really fun right just to be like wow for so long I had to come in and like hit these specific warm-ups these specific stretches hit these numbers right and follow the game plan and just to go in and have fun with it was really important and I kind of needed that space um to not have any goals with it. I think people see this a lot with nutrition right if you have an unhealthy relationship with food yes it's like you can't just go from you know, tracking with Weight Watchers to like a different tracking system, right? Um, You actually have to like find some grace. So that was really big for me. And then it kind of hit the point of like, okay, but now it feels pointless, right? It's like, I need some sort of direction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I played with getting back into powerlifting, but without the goals, right? Just thinking, well, what if I did a meet for fun? But it's really about like checking in with yourself because for some people that's going to be great. And for me at the time, it was like, you know what? My body's still not there. And even if the meet would just be for fun, like it's adding too much of a deadline, right? Like I just need to be able to go to the gym and release. So always like checking in with yourself throughout and saying like, what, what do I need from this? And also not being afraid to just try things, right? Like for a while I needed to go and do nothing. Then for a while I needed to lift heavier. Then for a while I needed to not but follow like a regular routine or workout plan right so understanding that like your needs are going to shift as you're going through it I still haven't truly like power lifted since then um like I sometimes in the gym would you know get up to like maybe half the weights that I would normally lift but it was definitely a really freeing experience to also just say like hey I'm going to squat heavy today because I want to and if it's not going well then I'm just going to squat light or I'm going to go do the other thing right and like getting rid of any pressure around it oh yeah and it's crazy how disciplined you had been for so long and dedicated to your training and being able to shift that now do you have a hard time validating your own decisions? Like, was it hard for you to step outside the box and create a new plan for yourself? Because I oftentimes, like when that first started happening for me, I was always questioning, is this what I need? Because it wasn't like on paper planned out. Mm. I feel like, like an in-between, I think social 
feels really interesting. I really realized this past year, like, I basically grew up in, like, really formative years on Instagram, right? Because with my business, we started it at, like, 21, and I was pretty much posting, like, every day, right? Yeah. Between the business and my own and sharing a lot of that journey. And I think a good challenge that I really needed was to do those things and not post about it and not, like, make it a learning moment for other people because I think for a lot of Uh us that – do you tend to be teachers or coaches, right? Like we kind of get through it by being like, well, this is a teachable moment for everyone. And to just sit in it and be like, I'm just going to go to the gym and I don't have to tell everyone that I'm doing it without goals. And I don't have to like be a voice for like, you know, breaking down those barriers. I think that was really important to me to just be in it instead of trying to like make it a lesson for everyone else. Ooh, that's good. That's super good. So do you validate yourself then? Do you find you're able to get through those moments without posting or, or without anyone's approval? Like, do you self-approve and how are you, how do you navigate that? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing, especially if your business owner is like learning about yourself. I mean, for anyone, but I always think running your own business, like you almost get this secret pass to like learn so much more about yourself than you ever planned or expected. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't know there's all these things we don't know about ourselves until you have to like run something for yourself. So I think you do learn those skills um, to self-validate, but also like learning more about myself, whether it's like, you know, diving into things like human design or just really reflecting on what makes me feel good, what doesn't make me feel good, and like what I actually want has been really helpful for me to not need validation from other people because then you understand, like, like you said, when we're like, you know, looking at somebody else and comparing or we're seeing things on social, right. Where Mm -hmm. someone's going 24 seven and then you're like, I need to be doing that. It's really validating to just see that and know that that's actually not how I work. And that if I was spending my Sunday doing that all day, I actually wouldn't be recharged for my Monday. So I think when you understand how you work, it makes it a lot easier to self-validate and also filter out advice. Because I mean, all self-help advice, help in any industry, if you look at it, is all extremist, (laughs) right? It's like, yeah, like, you know take long breaks, like, don't take any breaks. Like, it's just like, oh, you have to polarized. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so confusing. And like, that's one of, okay, so let's come to sort of the present moment now, because you learned a great deal about yourself and about business. And you've sort of taken that and now you help business owners and you help with burnout. And that's kind of like been your specialty. Is it not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely looking at like, um, how can we actually build a business that supports like what you want to do? Because I think too often we get caught up in the like glorifying, right? Especially in Ottawa. Like I would say the Ottawa startup scene is notorious for like hiring too fast and getting an office too fast because those are like cool milestones, right? It's like, Uh, oh, we have an office space. We have a big team. So we must be uh like making it, right? Yeah. I know a lot of people who have backtracked on that. Like we had friends that got an office, they had a big team and they were like, you know what? This is more work for us to like find work for our team than it was like efficient when there was two of us and we were just like at home on a couch. Yeah. So they moved out West and got rid of their team and just worked the two of them. And like their business is smoother than ever. Right. But I think it's those pressures of like, what does it mean to get an office, to get a team and all those things. And I think in the online business world, we see that too. Right. We see, especially like this, um, you know, 
make 100k, make six figures, and like, mm-hmm. we see that constantly. But for some people, like they might be really good at 60k, and just like that's okay. So figuring out like what it actually means for people what they want. A lot of people say I want to be financially free, but for one person that might mean that their bills are paid each month and they have some spending cash and someone else may feel like they need $3 million to be financially free, right? So actually breaking down, like, what do you really want from your business? And are we doing like a super roundabout way of getting to it? And it's something like I look at a lot too. I, I had a really great year in business last year. And I can honestly say like, I don't feel that I worked that hard because I worked smart and I used my time well. And it's one of those things where it's like, is it worth trying to scale the revenue numbers when I'm actually at a really good position of like, you know, how much profit you're making off the business or how many hours you're putting into it. But we just get so obsessed with scaling and we want to hire the team because it looks good, right? Yeah, totally. I'm so glad that you said that because it's it's really interesting what people think that they need or think matters versus Mm. actually core or connecting the dots to efficiencies in your business or people don't really know what they don't know. So they don't, everyone sort of does what they think is important. Mm -hmm. And that can really get you in a really tough position that happens in all aspects of life, like even relationships or business or, you know, diet, exercise, you, you learn how to do something from somewhere. You're seeing it on social media. You're seeing the polarized view. It re- one, one direction will resonate with you, or you believe one or uh, uh, one of those directions and you start to go through that story. But really that's not necessarily what's good for you. You just think that that matters. A hundred percent. And then, oh, sheesh. Okay. So now in your business, do you see your the beginning of this? I know that probably at the time felt like a big failure for you and that that burnout was hard. It was probably very hard to get through. Do you see that as a failure now? Do you, how do you bring that lesson into your work today? Yeah, I don't at all actually. Like even okay. at the start. Um, I mean Okay, so when we get into things like human design, if we were to totally nerd out on that, like I actually, the way that I am, I really need to make quote unquote mistakes. Like those are the things okay. that make me learn and grow. And so like, it's, it's funny, even that realization was really big for me because so many podcasts say, you know, like, what was your biggest regret? Or like, what's one mistake you'd redo? And I like, can't yeah. think of a mistake because uh-huh. like my brain doesn't like compute it as a mistake. Um, so yeah, it was definitely like tough to go through, but I, it was very much like everything happens for a reason. After that, we reevaluated like what we even wanted from that business and ended up realizing like we were basically on track to entirely disconnect from like, you know, what we actually wanted from life and all those things with that business and ended up making huge shifts after, right? So it was really the thing that I don't know, like I might still be running a t-shirt company and not loving it 10 years from now if that hadn't happened. So mm-hmm. for me... I think it was like super fundamental. Yeah. So not a failure. I think it's, it was definitely like a a redirect, but a very needed one. Okay. I'm going to change directions here a little bit because this past year has been super weird. I mean, before we started recording, we were just talking about how things are so weird when it comes to business, when it comes to on business online, let's talk about how people have had to pivot. Because it's been a year now, almost a year, I should say. Yeah. And 
everything is online. People had to go from brick and mortar to learning like tech skills (laughs) or outsourcing. And how do you see, in what ways are you seeing burnout nowadays in business? Is, does it look different? Is it the same? Like, how is this pandemic really affecting people and their mindsets? Mm, I think definitely there's more like awareness and conversation around it, which I think is a huge game changer because I actually like ended up digging into some like health issues that had come from overworking and burning out. Right. But Mm. it was the first time when I like kind of got into those like leaky gut being an example of like, it was the first time I saw on paper in a graphic, like all of the different things going on with me pointing to one thing. Like it was like leaky gut and then there was things stemming from it. And it was like exhaustion, like depression, also stomach bloating and like asthma. And I was like, whoa, I felt for so long that these things were connected and it was so validating to see. And I think then there was, it was like literally one Instagram post that saved my life in an explore feed. But I think now there's so much more conversation. Like Mm. even every podcast I do, people want to talk about it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really healthy that there's more conversation and resources. There's entire businesses that are, you know, giving resources and trying to add more education around this. So I think that's really good. People can recognize it sooner and recognize the red flags that to me weren't red flags. They were just like shifts in personality that I thought really sucked. Um, yeah. So I definitely think there's more resources. I think what it looks like right now is a lot of um, just like the weight of everything coming down. I think for a long time, people could pull off doing too much. And now when they had to add a layer, they were just already tapped out. And I think that's what I've seen a lot of is like the second something goes wrong or, you know, a different um, announcement comes from the government. They're just at their tapped point because they've been sitting like just under the line for a really long time. And this was like the last straw for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um, that made them actually face it. Right. And I think on the positive side, like people working from home and being home more often, I think also it did a big shift for a lot of people in terms of how they spend their time, right? Like all of a sudden we had way more free time, even though it was like time that we always had, we just like filled it with like dinners with friends or things like that. And now people are like, oh, I actually like spending some time alone or I really benefit from going for walks. Like I love seeing in my neighborhood, like full families going for walks. Yeah. Like there's no reason you couldn't have done that before, but you would never see like teenagers and young kids and their parents go for a family walk. Like I feel like it looks straight out of the fifties or something. It's true. And I think it's really like brought up those opportunities for people. It's so true. Like the time and people's ability to use the time for things like that or in in some cases people don't really have skills or the support or family to get through those alone Uh times and so they're going a little bit on the other side which is really challenging mentally to feel alone and feel so much loneliness at home I like I when I before COVID I was a full-blown Instagram manager that was my 100% job I worked for small businesses in Ottawa. I helped them to start up. My whole niche was to help start up your Instagram. So I would uh, really help. It was a lot of older um, owners of brick and mortar stores and I just gave them some tools, whatever. 
And when hit, all of those stores shut down and all of those marketing budgets went kaput. And I found myself like almost completely out of a job. Like my job disappeared. Um, Slowly but surely things came back and I survived. However, I decided to pivot into um, and reintroduce my coaching in a completely different way. You, you know my background. I think you know my background anyways. I used to coach for yeah. <laughs> uh, like 12 years. Yeah. And so I kind of took, uh, I, I kind of U-turned a little bit myself and I found it to be the, the most overwhelming thing uh-huh. ever was uh-huh. to, I, and I'm pretty, I, I call myself a techie person, but I'm not, I'm techie right. in some areas. I found it so hard to learn. And I was like, why can't I learn? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my brain? Why can't I understand these 18,000 Google articles? And so like YouTubing, like staring at the screen, wanting to blow my head off, trying to get my... And I just like... I, at the time, now people are sort of talking about that experience. But in the moment, in the time... There wasn't anyone talking about it. It was just like, you have to pivot or die. You need to like make money or die. And I, I was in that like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So do you work with people that were in that same boat? Yeah. I mean, a lot of my clients, I remember that like the week where everything shut down and I was like, I need to like check on my clients. Like even being like, I don't know if they're going to need to like pause working with me, but also like, are they okay? Because a lot of them have businesses that relied on in-person things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did think it was really interesting. Like the type of people I work with, a lot of them were feeling like, like ready to adapt or their business was like slightly diverse enough. Definitely since then I've had for sure people coming in, especially with my like sell and social course being like, I need to change things. And like, I need to change it yesterday. But I think the pivot can be really overwhelming. And that's why like now people are, you know, starting to prioritize their mental health and stuff like that more. Because like you said, it's like, they were so tapped. And when they were asked to pivot, it was just like, I'm out. Like I can't do one more thing, you know? Yeah. And it is, it's super overwhelming. And you're right. Like not enough people talk about that because it's like, you had to change your business like at the flip of a switch and it's one thing if you know you know one month you learn how to use the new email platform and the next month you're learning this but it was like no your, your business needs to be online today right yeah. like make your shopify store yeah grow your email list get on yeah. instagram start doing tiktoks and it was like a lot for a lot of people yeah so i think really like slowing down too and being like okay what's gonna be like the most effective thing for my business. I actually had a client where we had started working together maybe a week before everything. And she was like, yeah, I'd really love to transition my business more virtual this year. And like the next week I was like, okay, you ready? <laughs> we're, we're doing it right now. Like we're going 100% virtual. And it was like a blessing in disguise, right? Because I think otherwise we would have taken in the slower route. Really way to like self-regulate and figure out how you're going to process during those things because it is a lot to pivot. And I mean, it's a great wake up call for some people, unfortunately for other businesses, right? It was a really tough time and some haven't mm-hmm. made it through. But for those that did pivot, I think it was a big learning experience and a good reminder to people of like, you need things like an email list and you need to have different aspects of your business um, and just being ready and willing to adapt 
I think it's hard because 2020, there was a lot of victims of 2020, like legitimately. Mm-hmm. But I think in business, like the more we can move out of the victim mentality, because it, it comes through a lot, right? When we're exhausted and there's like a new feature on Instagram, we get really um, resistant to using it mm-hmm. because we're just annoyed. Like we're like, I don't want to learn another thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you actually have some capacity left over and you have some space because you're like running your business in a way that's not tapping you out, when something comes along, you can be like, cool, I'm going to play with this, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can decide actively like, oh, I'm not ready to play with this, but I'm not immediately overwhelmed by it. So let's talk about a little bit um, for small businesses out there, because Mm -hmm. we didn't, I should preface this. We didn't really talk about where you are now. You, you told your story and now (laughs) there was a bit of foreshadowing there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, because you work with small business now and helping people scale their business, grow their social media, grow their, grow their business online. That's your forte. Is it not? Uh And I use scale loosely because it's, it's like, I help them. Usually a lot of it is shifting their business. And as a result, we make more money, but I'm not like, okay, let's like take you from, 50k to 250k this year it's really about like okay let's make sure your business is supporting you I even found like the last while a theme with a lot of people that come to me is women who want to get pregnant in the next year or two and it's like so classic of women right it's not until we're thinking about like having to take care of someone else inside of us do we realize like oh I'm I can't like run my business this way and be pregnant because it won't be good for the baby. Right. So it's very interesting thing I've noticed, but yeah, helping people shift their businesses to better support them that are really feeling like, Hey, I'm doing a lot to make a little. So how do we do a little to make a lot? Oh, I like that. I like that. So what's one piece of advice for people that are juggling all of this stuff right now, uh, to get a little bit more clarity on that? Would you say? Mm. I would definitely say bring it back to the question of like why, especially if you're a business owner, like why, why do you run this business? What do you want from the business? Right? Like we have our business's mission. Like what do you want from it? Right? Like do you want to be able to be anywhere in the world to run your business or is that not important to you? Right? Like what are the things we're trying to get out of our business and how do we look at the business and bring it back to that? And that really will help you cut the things where you're like, oh, I'm kind of just doing that for clout, but I don't really need clout for my business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and getting back to what's working. And then on the flip side of that too, like the 80-20 rule is that, you know, 80% of our results come from 20% of our effort. And that's true in business too. So looking at like what really is, what are the actions that are generating revenue or traction for your business? And can you put more energy into that and less energy into the other things? So like, um, for example, Clubhouse is something that's new yes. and hot, right? Yeah. But I was talking to one of my friends, and I know she has a lot going on, and she has a lot that works well for her. And she was like, tell me, like, do I need to be on Clubhouse? I'm like, it's an early opportunity to be, to be on it. But for you, I would say no, because it's just not worth what it's going to do to you, right? It's going to just mentally exhaust you. And like, what's working for you is working well, right? You're going on podcasts or doing these other things. So focus your energy on that, right? Don't always go to the shiny object because you think you have to. Mm-hmm. And if you have capacity, something like Instagram Reels, when it comes out, it was a really hot feature. It's already slowing down a bit, right? But Instagram is really pushing it. So if you have capacity, sure, jump on and do some Instagram reels. But if this other part of your business is really getting traction, like don't run away from that to go try to dance and film a TikTok all day, right? Like (laughs) 
focus on the thing that's working in your business and like give yourself that permission and that grace to not just hop on things because other people are doing them. Oh, permission and grace, two excellent words, but also very hard to execute. Mm -hmm. You really need to take a breath and kind of put some space between you and your problems to really be able to see that sometimes, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's like, like I said, like, if you shift what you see as the work, like, if you see taking care of yourself, if you see, like, I know that part of the work for me to make my business successful is like giving me my mornings to just read and hang out with my dog and like make a slow breakfast because that's actually yes. going to be better for my business. Cause if I get up and go, I will be burnt down in three days because I need like the in-between moments, you know, mm, I so love really that. seeing that stuff, like valuing the sleep, valuing that breath that you have to take as mm-hmm. the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on your business. Such good advice, such good advice. And it's like, just try it. Just do it. Like I'm the exact opposite sort of, I need to get up and go. I'm the most creative super early, but by two, three o'clock, I need to like have seriously long breaks or be done at three o'clock. So my day is like, I'm like five, I'm like six to four, five to three AM to to three. And that's like, that is it. Or because I become a giant potato, but I know this. So I have to honor that exactly. in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like you might go on Instagram and see someone like, I feel like morning routines are like so hot now. Oh, and it's so like, hot. That would, I, I used to be in a place where I had to get up and go. Like that's what was working for me at the time. Yeah. And I feel like that idea of a morning routine would like stress me out. And I couldn't read in the morning because all I was doing was like thinking about like finishing the chapter so I could go do the work. <laughs> but <laughs> at the time, right? Like that, I was like, Hey, I'm actually more productive. Like you said, and I'm going to be better off. Yeah. If I don't do this like crazy ass morning routine, right? Absolutely. And that's one of, that is actually a perk that people don't, they take for granted for being an entrepreneur because some people that work in the corporate world don't necessarily have luxuries of like time management. Oh yeah. And I, I think I'm hopeful that, you know, all this remote working will help shift that. But like yes. I had on Thursday, I had a bath at like 1 PM because there's just like something in my body <laughs> being like, this is what you need to like you know, reset. And it was really great that I got to just like go have a bath. And it doesn't mean like we're not ever doing work. But for me, like that's what I had to do. And then in the afternoon, I had like a way better day because I just like Mm. knew I needed that little like moment of calm in the middle of it all. I love that. That's like intuitive living. Like what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. This I'm going to do it. Like what a concept. Like I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, okay, so I, ha- I have two very small, well, they're not that small, two questions I like to ask all my guests before they leave us. And the first one is, if you could be known for one thing, what would it be? Hmm. Honestly, I feel like just like doing what I want to. I think like <laughs> we don't see enough of it that I really think I would love if people were like, she just does whatever the fuck she wants, but not in a destructive way, right? It's just like, um, I've really just leaned into that. Like if I wanna run my business this way right now, I'm gonna do that. And if that changes in a month, like not having shame around it and not like, you know, creating some big marketing game plan. Like I, a really tangible example of it was last week I sent an email on Monday and I do kind of like an end of month recap so I was like, hey, the end of month recap's going to be on Thursday. And then like, you'll get another weekly email Monday. And then Tuesday, I was just like, I don't 
want to send it Thursday. I'm just going to send it next Monday, but not apologizing for it, right? It's just like it popped up in people's inbox on Monday instead. And I never said like, oh, you know, I'm really overworked. I have to shift things. I was just like, nah, decided it's Monday. Yeah. There you go. Like, I love that. Amazing. Okay. Um, and the last question is what does the world need more of? Mm, Great questions. I'm going to cheat and two part it. One side I would say is like permission. I think that's a theme that's come up a lot for me and I know resonated with you. I think we just Mm -hmm. need to be willing to like give ourselves permission a lot more. Um, And the second one I would say is allyship for all different communities and under marginalized group. I think truly like that is what the world needs right now. Um, And I think that would have the biggest impact. Beautiful. Very well said. I love both of those answers. You're allowed to. Permission granted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. That was awesome. You're just a whirl of... um, like joy and you have so much great stuff to offer. Uh, I should ask one more thing. Where is the best place for people to find you? I will be linking all of these in the show notes, but just, you know, let's connect with you. Yeah. You can always slide into my DMS on Instagram, but, um, pretty much everywhere I'm at Mallory Rowan. So Instagram, TikTok clubhouse, and my website is MalloryRowan.com. I also have, if anyone is like a business person and feeling overwhelmed with social. I have a free workshop that I know you were saying you just signed up. I did. I'm in. com slash free workshop. If anyone wants like 60 minutes of free business goodies from me. Amazing. I'm ready to deep dive into that as soon as we are done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. You too. Okay, that's all for me today. I want to thank my guest Mallory Rowan for coming on the show. What a story. So many gems in there. I will make sure to link all the ways you can connect with Mallory in the show notes. At the same time, please download your free copy of the Bare Naked Goddess ebook. It won't be free for long. The links are in my show notes and at elisaunfiltered.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time. 